Matthew chapter 4, just the first 11 verses. The first 11 verses. These verses have to do with the temptation of Jesus as He uh, first started His ministry. These verses, I think, are good for us as Christians to kind of understand that we're we're not alone when it comes to being attacked by Satan. Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 through 11, we, we're, we're, we're not alone. And, and, and we, we see that because even Jesus Himself was tempted by the enemy. Even Jesus Himself, the Son of God, experienced that, 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 uh, that coming against Him by the enemy to try to get Him off track. Because really that's what Satan wanted to do. He wanted to keep Jesus from accomplishing his goal. Because what Jesus' goal was, was to promote the kingdom of God, was to build the kingdom of God, and give his life on a cross so that all that could be accomplished. And Satan, boy, he had tried for so long throughout the history of the Bible to destroy the people of Israel. He had tried for so long to keep that seed that was prophesied about in Genesis, the one that was going to come from the woman who would eventually come and and crush the head of the serpent, who was Jesus Christ. Satan tried so hard to keep that seed of the one who would come from coming, and he failed to do so. And in these verses, Jesus had finally come onto the scene. Jesus had finally made it. Everything that Satan had tried, he had failed to thwart the plans of God. And here Jesus is on the scene. So now Satan is going right to the source. He says, all right, he's here. Now what can I do? Well, I've got to try to keep him from fulfilling his mission. You, you may remember uh, when Peter was, was, was talking to Jesus and Jesus said, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give my life for all this stuff. And Peter said, I'll never let that happen. I'll never let that happen. We'll defend you. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He said, he said get, get away from me. And he referred to Peter as Satan. Why? Because Peter was Satan in the flesh. No, he wasn't. But what he was doing is that heart and that attitude to keep Jesus from completing his mission was something that Satan was trying to do. And that's exactly what Satan was trying to do here. He was trying to keep Jesus off from the cross. He was trying to get Jesus to sin. He was trying to get Jesus to give up and not trust the Lord. He was trying to get Jesus to misuse his powers so that Jesus would be an unfit person to be our Savior. So then Satan could say, Oh God, you can't use him. He's unfit. He didn't trust you. He didn't, he didn't seek you. He used his powers for his own good. Uh, he's not fit to be the Savior of the world. And so Satan was trying to make Jesus be unfit to be our Savior. But praise the Lord, he failed. Praise the Lord, everything that he threw at him, Jesus was able to resist. Let's read the verses. Verse 1. Let's pray, and then we'll read. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for these words, and I pray that you help us to be just uplifted by them. I pray that you just bring healing and restoration to us, just as, as we see you do for Jesus in these verses. So I pray that you give us the ability to see the enemy, to stand against the enemy, and God, just just be with us during this time. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Matthew 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become 
bread. Now that's interesting what the enemy does there. Is he, is he, he's trying to play to Jesus' physical weaknesses. Now in this case it was hunger, but, but, but he still uses the same tactics. He knows what our physical weaknesses are. He knows what we can come at us, what he can come at us with and say, look, hey, why don't you give in to this? He knows that thing that, that, that we are most tempted to do that we are going to give into. He also knows that the best way to get us to be tempted and to give in to sin is to come and catch us in a moment when we are vulnerable. And here was Jesus. He had gone to fast. He had gone to spend that time to draw closer to the Heavenly Father. But physically, in his body, he was weak. He had been fasting for 40 days. And then this, the enemy came. And the enemy does the same for us. The enemy comes at us when we are in our weakness, and he tries to get Jesus to misuse his power. And he says, look, if you are the Son of God, isn't that interesting? Satan knew he was the Son of God. It wasn't like it was up for debate. Like Satan knew just as good as me and you know that he was the Son of God. So that, that's a good verse to show. It's not enough just to know who Jesus is. Even Satan knows who Jesus is. But he questions his authority. Now here's what we do if we're in a power of authority and somebody questions us. Say, if I, let me tell you, I am. And I'm going to show you I am because I'm about to exert my power on you. But that's not what Jesus did. He says, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But Jesus did what's good. You know what he did? He went to the scripture to fight the evil that was upon him. Verse 4, but he answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now that's good stuff right there. Uh, Jesus used a scripture to fight off the enemy. Now that's good. I just had an idea just, just a while ago, and, I, and, and reading this verse, it kind of reinforces that. I'll share that with y'all maybe at a later date. I'm going to pray about it. But look, isn't that good that, that that's what God's Word can do? It can help us to fight off the enemy. It can help us to fight off the temptations and the sin. And, and Jesus quotes right from the Scripture that we call the Old Testament. Jesus just quotes right from it and fights the devil's attacks with the Word of God. Verse 5, Then the devil took him to the holy city, had him stand on the uh, pinnacle of the temple and asked him and said to him, If you are the Son of God, there he is, if you are, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now, isn't this interesting? So Jesus fights the enemy with Scripture. So now the enemy says, Okay, he wants to, he wants to be founded on Scripture. I'm going to give him some Scripture. And the enemy quotes Scripture, for it is written, He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Now, Satan did something that's, that's still common in our world today, and that is taking a scripture out of context, twisting it to fit your meaning, to, to, to fit your agenda, and, and trying to use it to make a point. And that's exactly what Satan was doing here in these verses. He quotes some scripture, but he quotes it out of text. He said, hey, if you are the Son of God, why don't you just jump off the top of the temple here? God's going to send angels. They'll scoop you up. They won't, you, your feet won't ever hit the ground. You will be saved. He was trying to get Jesus to to give in to that temptation. In verse 7, Jesus told him, It is also written, Do not test the Lord your God. So Jesus isn't backing down. He is, he is correcting a misinterpretation of Scripture with a correct interpretation of Scripture. And it, he's establishing his trust in the Lord. He's establishing that I'm not going to question the Father. I'm not going to go against the Father. I'm not going to test the Father. I'm going to be an obedient servant too the Father. Verse 8, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, 
I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Now, he doesn't, he doesn't say if you are the Son of God. He's realized, okay, that tactic's not going to work. I'm not going to get him fired up. But isn't this, isn't this an interesting tactic? When we read the Bible and it says that all things are made by Christ, through Christ, and for Christ. All things. Everything. That's always been. That ever was. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then you go a few verses down, and the Word became flesh. That is Jesus. And then in Colossians 1.15, I believe it is, it says, look, all things were created for Him, by Him, through Him. So Jesus has everything, both on heaven and on earth. It's all His. And Satan, you know what he's offering him? He's offering Jesus the world. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't want this world. Because have you looked around at the mess that this world is? And so what Satan is essentially saying, I want to take all goodness, perfection, glory, praise, honor, and all that stuff, I want to take that from you, and I want to give you fussing and feuding and fighting and war and hatred and sin. How does that sound to you, Jesus? That is the most, that just seems like the silliest thing in the world. But he said, look, I'll give you all this stuff, everything you see in the world, I'll give it to you if you'll worship me. But you know, the devil gets some of us with that sometimes because he, he gives us worldly stuff and it looks good. And we say we don't fall down and worship Satan, but, but in our heart, do we? By, by giving in to the desires of the world, do we sometimes maybe do exactly what Satan was calling Jesus to here? Now, I would hope and pray that none of us ever fall to our knees and worship Satan in that way, but sometimes we may be doing it and may not realize that we're doing it. So here he is trying to get Satan to, to say, choose the world over following the Heavenly Father. In verse 10, then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Ain't that something? He says, Go away. Or in, in King James it says, Get thee behind me, Satan. That's good stuff right there. That's good, that's good advice for us to say, when the enemy comes against us, that we can just say that. If it's good enough for Jesus to say it and it's effective for Jesus, I believe it's, that it's effective for us to just say, get thee behind me, Satan, or get away from me, Satan, in the name of, of, of God, in the name of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can tell that to Satan. Because guess what? He don't have any power over us anymore. He tried his best to keep Jesus from fulfilling his mission so that he could have power over us. But because Jesus was able to resist his temptations, we can now say the same thing Jesus said. We can say, get thee behind me, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus has power over the enemy. Jesus has power over Satan. And you know, the, the reason why I felt led to preach these verses tonight was for this next verse right here. Verse 11, Then the devil left him, and immediately angels came and began to serve him. You see kind of that same type of, uh, type of compassion that God had for, uh, for Elijah. After Elijah had been in that big spiritual battle against those false gods, and he, he, was, he, was, he was just tired, he said, God, I just want to die, and he ran off into the wilderness, and he fell asleep under a tree, and he woke up, and the angels were there, and the angels provided food for him, and God said, You still are on a journey for me. You've got a little ways to go. You need to be strengthened. And God, and God met him, and God brought restoration, and God brought healing, and God met his needs after his tough spiritual battle. 
And that's what God does here for, for Jesus. Isn't that something? That really shows the human side of Jesus. We could just say, well, Jesus is Jesus. He don't, he, don't need any, any, he don't need any healing or compassion or restoration. But here, he just went through an intense spiritual battle. And you say, well, how intense could it have been? It was just three verses. But anytime we're in a spiritual battle with the enemy who's trying to, trying to keep us off track from completing the mission of God, it's intense. You know, sermons like those sermons this morning, I wish I never had to preach those sermons. It's, it's, I don't want to preach them any more than anybody else wants to hear them. But sometimes we get in these spiritual battles, and, and it's kind of draining when we go through a spiritual battle. And what we need as a church is we just need to be restored. We need to know that God is going to bring healing to us, that God is going to meet us, and, and that we can just take a deep breath and say, Okay, God, I want to sit back. I want to follow you. I want to serve you. I want to live for you. But God, I feel kind of, I feel kind of bummed. I feel kind of kind of sad in my spirit that we have to that we have to deal with these things that we have to deal with sin and sometimes disagreement that that lead to fussing and feuding. But none of us want that. And God, we just want to be restored. We want to be restored as a church so we can put things in the past in the past and we can move on and we can serve you in the future. And God is so good. We see in the scripture just as we see here that God was good to come to Jesus after that tough spiritual battle with the enemy and say, "I'm, I still got a plan for you." You still got to be on mission. I know you just went through a tough battle. I know you just went through a hard time. I know it was difficult, but let me meet your needs. Let me heal you. Let me restore you. That's what God did for Elijah. That's what God did for Jesus, and I believe that that's what God will do for us as well. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you right now, and I just I pray for just restoration and healing of this church, dear Lord. I pray that you strengthen us. I pray that you build us up stronger than ever. God, I pray that you just help us to take your words to heart. I pray that you help us to seek you in all that we do. And I pray, God, that you just would help me as a pastor to be a better pastor. God, you've, even now you've convicted me and, and, and show me areas where I have not done a good job to lead your people. And I pray, God, that you forgive me for that, dear Lord. I pray that you help me to be in your word more. I pray that you help me to, to seek you for, for, for better discernment, dear Lord God. I pray that you'd be with these people, that, that, that they would be in your word, dear Lord, that they would be seeking you, dear Lord, that we would all be seeking the same thing. God, if we're all seeking you and we're all led by you, God, we'll all pull in the same direction. So help us to do that. But God, I pray that you just give us peace tonight. I pray that you give us joy. I pray that you give us restoration. I pray that you would just restore our spirits. I pray that you would lift us up. I pray that you would strengthen us. And I pray that your blessings on this church tonight. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen.